Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. It is about to begin. Whoops, it's begun already. It did. <laughs> Welcome to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub, and the other voice you heard is none other than Les Jackson. And That would be me. I just looked at my ID this morning. <laughs> well, now that we know who we are, and now yes. you know who we are, we're glad to bring you a full hour of automotive news and information. Uh, if you're out buying a vehicle... Wow, it's a tough time. But <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tell you what's coming down the pike, and what's coming down the pike, according to one uh, of the automotive executives, is not something that I think people want to hear. Dealer markups are they here to stay? Is paying over the manufacturer's suggested retail price uh, uh, under, I should say, a thing of the past? And one executive says, it's the new way of doing business. You will pay over MSRP, and you will like it, and it's not going to change. But some manufacturers, I, less are fighting back. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have an interesting discussion about that. And over at VW, the ID4 gets a boost, a modest boost, but a boost in its, uh, in its range. Yeah, not it's a bad not a bad thing. And, and we're going to talk tech. What if that rear hatch on your SUV, instead of raising up the air, actually slid over the car. Well, one manufacturer is talking about that, and it's funny because there was a model from the early 2000s that GMC built. Yep. We'll do a little trivia question test uh, uh, for you later, Les, that that's, ha that's ha right. had the same feature, right? That's true. And uh, 3G cell service, for those of you who still have flip phones, uh, it's going away, and you probably know that. And what does that mean for your older vehicle? Because they they were built on a 3G platform. So, hey, can you change it? Yeah, well, we'll tell you about that and one manufacturer that's bringing 5G into their vehicles. And then what happens if you ordered one of the last Aventadors, the special edition Lamborghini? It was put on a ship. That ship caught fire. The uh, assembly line is closed. So what is uh, what is Lamborghini going to do for those folks? Will they reopen the V12 Aventador assembly line so they can fulfill those orders? Uh, as I said, it's certainly a first world problem so, with what's going <laughs> compared to what's going on in the uh, world right now. And there were a bunch of Porsches on that ship, too. So. Uh, you're right. It's a it's a problem that only affects very well-to-do people, but it's still a problem. It's still a problem. I mean, it, it certainly is, and it's a problem for Lamborghini. And then, not a Lamborghini, but a very sporty car for a lot less money than a Lamborghini. <laughs> Probably could buy one wheel on a Lamborghini for the price <laughs> of this. Thinking. We're going to have an at-the-wheel review of the Toyota Corolla hatchback. Looking very good in that two-tone paint. 
So that is coming up on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Stay tuned because we're just getting started. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les, he's Fred, and uh, Fred, to start this story, <laughs> I'm going to say what uh, America feels about car dealers in the words of Captain Hook. <laughs> okay, go for which it. Which is, I hate, I hate, I hate car dealers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, now what are they doing to even increase that hate? <laughs> well... Hmm. Let's talk about it. We've been talking about it on cruise control. They are doing five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar markups. Yep. yep. They are taking every vehicle on their um, lot and saying, "Oh, we filled it with nitrogen in the tires." That's four hundred, yep. five hundred dollars, whether you like it or want it or not. They are doing paperwork fees, prep thousand dollar prep fees just you know as i as i told you last week we had a friend of family buy a honda civic and they said we have to charge you we must charge you five thousand dollars over the msrp that ain't gonna happen not not um not forever maybe right now but well if you absolutely need it but if you don't you know, five put the five thousand in your into fixing your car. Yeah, um, because you're going to lose it either way. But that, this way, you don't have to buy the new one. Well, interesting this week because there's a lot going on here. There's multiple parts of this story. The Auto Nation CEO, Mike Manley, he was the former CEO of FCA, used to run Jeep. He's been on the show before, uh, and. He said during an investor's earning call that basically we will not return to excessively high inventory levels that depress new car margins, significantly discounting and high incentives damage the brand. And uh, it's another reason our industry will have to balance appropriately supply and demand. And what a lot of people took his his saying his his discussion to say is that he feels paying over MSRP will be the norm going forward because he feels that car manufacturers should not build as many cars and keep the inventory tight and that's <laughs> that's easy to say but you you can't you know, the manufacturers have been building, selling 17 million or so vehicles every year. Um, why wouldn't they continue? That's what the demand is. Yeah. So why wouldn't they continue to make that? Well, you can't tell the manufacturer, well, I don't want you to build 50,000 of this model. I only want you to build 40,000. Well, they're going to say no. No, I know he he the dealer can't control that, and um, yeah. the the other thing is uh, that basically he's saying has no intention of lowering prices ever, 
And also, he said that a very small percentage of people pay over MSRP. I don't think that is correct. Everyone true. I hear, whether you're buying yeah. a uh, in-demand vehicle, let's say like a Ford Bronco, or as I just mentioned, uh, uh, a basic transportation uh, Honda Civic is paying over sticker. People are driving across four states to find someone that will just sell a vehicle MSRP. And it's a That's funny right. thing about supply and demand. People, these dealers, while they don't do us any favors as consumers, they will fight each other. They don't do each other. They're not going to stick together as a big blob. Somebody Absolutely. will say, hey, you know what? I'm going to say no BS pricing, um, MSRP, and I'm not going to charge you for uh, you know, five hundred dollars to spray your seats with a five dollar can of water repellent that you can buy at a, a local grocery store, uh, I'm not going to fill your tires with nitrogen when you didn't want them filled with nitrogen, and it doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Yep. And I'm not going to undercoat it I'm when, not... in fact, the undercoating voids the factory rust warranty. Right, and I'm not uh, going to charge you $1,000 to to pull some plastic off the floor or do some paperwork. And yeah, that that's what happens because then that person will just start selling more vehicles and building a brand. And I think people will remember this. Like if they really needed a vehicle and they're like, hey, I can't, I can't drive to Florida to get get it for MSRP. I just need it now to get to work. And somebody really stuck it to them. I think they're going to remember it, don't you? Oh, listen, uh, I'd remember it. You know, I hold a grudge really well. (laughs) Well, (laughs) don't hold that grudge over the break, because when we come back, we're going to tell you about what some manufacturers are doing to uh, uh, dealers that are gouging people. So stay tuned. There's another part to this story. We got more on cruise control. We are having a great discussion about what's going on with dealers. We told you a little bit about Mike Manley, who is the head of AutoNation. He's the CEO. He said, you know, prices aren't going down anytime soon. Keep it tight. You know, not soon, but he's wrong about the future. Do do, uh, the $5,000, $6,000, $10,000 markups. Nobody likes this. And Consumers certainly no. don't, and they're writing to car companies. Here, here we have an article from the head of Subaru, the CEO. One of people have the loyalty to this brand is amazing. It always comes yep. out on top. And um, the CEO's name is Thomas J. Dowell. He said that they've been getting notes, uh, emails, and communications about Subaru dealers selling way over MSRP. They don't like it. He outlined no punishment, but he said taking advantage of current the current market imbalance between supply and demand is something a car dealer would do. It's not something a Subaru retailer would consider doing. Interesting, right? Very interesting. Um, and then Hyundai, over at Hyundai, you remember we had that case where there was a EV6 
that is like I don't know a forty thousand dollar vehicle, and and the dealer About was 40, selling yeah. selling it for eighty seven thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, according to Automotive News, uh, Hyundai and Genesis are warning against so-called market adjustments, notice, noting that they are damaging the brand image. Uh, and there's a lot of letters coming in to, to the heads of these companies complaining about this stuff. As I said, the, the worst example, uh, there was a couple of bad, really bad examples. Hyundai Ionic 5. Uh, was uh, one of their most affordable EVs. One dealer was charging $66,188. Uh, another Kia deal- dealership was charging 87231 for an EV6. I mean, you know, there's one thing to say, okay, I got to charge you $1,000, $2,000 more. There's another thing to think I'm going to like make enough money to retire on one sale, right? Well, yeah, and uh, the manufacturers uh, don't have, you know, they can't force the dealers to not to not do this, but they have one thing, and it's called consumer satisfaction, which all of the dealers for thirty years are are graded um, on by surveys, and. If your satisfaction index is low, that you don't get as many allocated vehicles to sell. I think what people that, sh- should do, Les, is go to their local dealers and look at the stickers and take pictures of the stickers. Yeah. Uh, and and show and just post it on social media and say, okay. I mean, it's not anything wrong. It's public inf- information. It's right out there on the sticker, but say, that's true. Hey, look at this dealer. XYZ is not only selling over MSRP, but they're asking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars more. They have to put it on the sticker. They can't, <laughs> they can't just add it as a line at the end of the contract without telling you, right? They no, have to They put it, they actually print their own stickers that go next to the window sticker that says market adjustment or or whatever you know um i've i never liked the fact that they add that crap to the cars too oh i think it's seat spray and and very unethical yeah and it's most of it's crap also you don't want it on your car well most of it is utter nonsense Uh, fabric protection is in fact scotch guard yeah, you can buy a $5 can of that at the grocery yeah, store. So That's right. And if paint protection is acrylic wax, you can buy that for what, 100 bucks? No. Well, yeah. have it done for $100. <laughs> you can buy the you can buy the stuff for about 15. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You know, it's just pure profit and they probably they probably put it on with a dirty rag too. <laughs> well, it and, you know, there have been cases which have actually been in court. I, I was an expert witness at a couple of them uh, that they they charged for it, but they didn't actually do it. Wow. That's that's just that's just a scam. So, well, yeah, well, yeah, it's well, let's uh, let's talk. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this topic, but let's talk a little bit about Volkswagen uh, and their ID four. Uh, this of course is their, it's their ID four pro. It now has an estimated EPA range of 280 miles, 
which is an increase of 20 miles from the 2021 model. Not bad yeah. at all, is it? That's pretty good. And it'll just get better. And it'll just get better. And you get three years of 30-minute fast charging sessions with Electrify America included at no additional cost. That's like free gas, right? That's great. I mean, that's, you know, that's free gas. You're right. Yeah. So uh, a pretty good deal from the folks at Volkswagen. Uh, also announced this week, Nissan is uh, going to build two all-new electric models at their Mississippi plant. And uh, that, I think, is is big news. $500 million invested to transform their Canton assembly plant to build the all-new Nissan and Infinity EV model starting in 2025. Uh, and they have invested so far $13.5 billion in its U.S. manufacturing operations overall. So good news. Good news uh, from uh, the folks at uh, Nissan and Infinity. When we come back, we're going to tell you a little bit about um, 3G cell service going away. Like Les mentioned, if you have a flip phone, uh, you might have 3G cell service. They're shutting it down so they can have 5G, uh, 4G, and 5G. Problem is, a lot of older cars, a lot of their systems work off of 3G. We'll find out... What does that mean for your car? And also, Audi is one of the first to put in 5G systems into cars. So we'll talk a little bit about what that will bring to your vehicle and why it might be a good idea. And then uh, what do you do if you have a, a Ventador ordered, uh, one of the last of the Aventadors, and, uh, well, it burned up on a transport ship. The assembly yeah. line is well, closed. The parts may no longer be available. What do you do? I don't know. If you're Lamborghini. Well, in my case, I, I ordered two of them and sent them on separate ships. Just to be just to be safe. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. We're also going to talk tech about a new style hatch that might be coming to a, a SUV or CUV near you. Uh, instead of flipping up, it would kind of slide over the roof. And I'm going to test less if he remembers a vehicle uh, from the early 2000s that, that had that kind of style hatch. So we'll have that coming up on Cruise Control. And then we'll have uh, a review of the Toyota Corolla hatchback. You know, whenever I get one of these, people love it. They love the way it looks. They think it just looks great. And uh, this one was uh, in a blue that looks sort of like a metallic version of the uh, Ford Grabber blue, or uh, back, going back to the old days, AMC Big Bag blue. And uh, I have to say, pretty pretty classy with a black roof and that blue body. And uh, the, the good thing about this car is it's about $25,000, and it's a Toyota. So you probably can go to yeah, your dealer, local dealer and buy it for... $75,000, but they'll throw in that can of uh, seat spray <laughs> and a set of floor mats. <laughs> Only the cheap ones, though, not the expensive ones, not the expensive rubber ones. But all that coming up on Cruise Control. So a lot more to go. Uh, you want to stay tuned. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, always stuff going on on our social media pages. 
uh, and you want to check that out. And Les, when we come back, be ready to be tested on mm. a vehicle from the early 2000s that uh, had a retractable roof hatch. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We will be right back. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les. He's Fred. Hello. We're going to talk tech because uh, it's that time of the show. And we we love to talk tech. This time, uh, we're kind of reinventing. I guess that's a good word. Yeah. Reinventing uh, tailgates for SUVs that slide rather than lift or like a Jeep open up like a like a door. Yeah, but I have to test you first, Les. Well, now I'll yeah, I'll, because... I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll, I'll give you a hint. This one okay. product. I'll give you a couple of hints. This product was promoted and pushed in the early 2000s, I believe around 2004. It's a GMC product, and it had a retractable roof that allowed you to carry tall items in the back. Matter of fact, I remember going on an event, and they came up with, like, bookcases and plants and stuff like that to kind of show... Hmm show what it what it was um ring any uh, bells what? i well i'm thinking of the denali but well a little bit smaller yeah i'm trying to think of what that model name was called because it, it was, had a v6 or a v a straight six or a or a, a v8 yeah. engine i'll Tur help you. Uh, i'll help you well, i'll no. help you i'll help you out gmc envoy XUV. Oh yes. Where envoy. It it was sort of uh the roof retracted in and uh that that's you could you you could basically ride with the roof open and carry tall objects. Um it wasn't super popular, but uh it was an interesting design. And now well, well more more interesting than the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> well but that came with a tent. You could camp in that. It came with a tent. I remember um, I remember being at an event and the guy said, I think they have to be uh, really, really lauded for being this brave to bring out a car <laughs> like that. I said, You don't get points for bravery in the automotive. No, industry. you don't. You don't <laughs> it's like, wow, that's really ugly. You were brave to try to try to sell that. And no one bought, well, hardly anyone bought them. GM, um, they GM were, they employees, were, they basically gave they them did. to them. They gave them to them uh, internally, and they were really basically a good vehicle. Yeah. Well, if someone gave um, me it, I'd drive it, wouldn't you? Sure. It's free. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, let's talk about this story. Uh, this comes from our friends um, over uh, CarBuzz, over at CarBuzz. And, uh, this is uh, also picked up <laughs> in a weirdest of place places uh, from uh, the new Nissan Z forum. 
Uh, it's a, a Hyundai engineer who's talking about a hatch that kind of a patent they've come up with a hatch that kind of slides up and over the roof as opposed to opening up uh, like they normally do on a hinge, top hinged, and going up in the air. And the idea is this would be easier to use in certain areas where you don't have a lot of roof clearance uh, and it, would, it wouldn't swing out past the back of the vehicle. Uh, it's sort of like a giant sunroof in the back. And you could also drive around with this hatch open and then carry large items in the back. That's right. Sliding tail. Incredible wind noise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the Europeans have done this. Renault has done it. Yeah. Um, several manufacturers have, have done it. Citroen. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, it is in its own way, practical. The question is what would be the demand? Well, that's true. I don't know what the demand is. Sometimes when things are a little bit different, people don't like it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. We'll, ha we'll have to see. Would that be a good idea or not? Let us know uh, what you think. Um, drop us a note uh, uh, on uh, YouTube or Facebook. Uh, but it's it's an interesting concept. But yeah, the GMC Envoy XUV. I, I wonder if any of those are around anymore and if you need parts for the roof, what happens? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. And if the roof still works. Well, talking about Probably things that have, have been around for a while, uh, what about 3G service? Now, 3G service runs a lot of things in your vehicle. Um, and uh, uh, one of the big things that people encountered that might change or OnStar and some of the other telematic uh, systems like that. Um, but uh, these things aren't going to work anymore once 3G goes away. Uh, they're just going to go dead. And it's really a bit of a, a little bit of a head scratcher as to what will happen to these services. Um, will there be adapter kits? Uh, there's been some talk that there will be new modems put in, but you know, these things were not, when they when they were built, they they didn't think about three G service going away. No, they thought the they next didn't. service would be compatible. But what happened is, the frequencies used by three G were sold off, and they're they're going to be used for something else. So uh, that's why they can't keep three G up. Interesting, right? Well, it is. Um, now, of course, a lot of these vehicles are ten, twelve or more years old. Right. So most people that have them will say, well, I didn't use that you know, anyway. It's not, yeah, I didn't use it much or it's not worth spending any money to, to convert it. Right. Well, um, but you know, well, let's talk, I would. let's talk a little bit about this. It was a deal announced by Audi and Verizon. They're going to partner to bring 5G to their vehicle lineup. Um, and this was announced this week, actually. It's 5G technology. To, it will be the first to the U.S. Uh, automakers lineup for the 2024 model year. Passengers will be able to download or stream entertainment at higher speeds than ever before. 
and vehicles will be able to receive firmware and software upgrades over the air. Now, that's the key thing why 5G will be great for this. Um, infotainment and navigation systems will be enhanced with HD and 3D mapping and video and cloud-based user profiles. But then the big thing that is the next step in autonomous vehicles will be cellular vehicle to everything or CV2X yeah. technology uh, will be uh, part of this deal eventually. And it is going to be crucial to developing. That's uh, important. Yeah. I mean, because you've got to, for full autonomy, you have to have that. Yeah. You can't not have it. And even if, even if you're not fully autonomous, it's not a bad thing to know like, hey, this car is coming up and it could cross where you're driving and it's sending a mm -hmm. note like I'm not slowing down uh, and I'm crossing the road. I also think, here's my idea. Why not put some kind of uh, CV2X receiver in like clothing? So someone's out walking and it sends a signal to the car yep. that, hey, this guy is out walking. And, you know, I see this a lot, too. If you're not in a well-lit area, people wearing a black coat, a black hat, black gloves, black pants. It's like camouflage, right? Yeah, and it, you see it everywhere. You know, and then they just walk out. There are some people around where I live that just walk out because they feel that they have the right to just cross the street in the well, middle. They, and they, they have the right of way, but it doesn't mean anything if <laughs> the driver doesn't stop. Right. I mean, you're not going to make your point that you have the right of way when you're laying under the car. So what about putting a sensor, embedding it into the, the coat? Abs absolutely. You know, um, and maybe it's something that has a 10-year battery in it or a 15-year battery or something like that. So, um, so Or just put an app in your phone. Or put an app in your phone. Yeah, that that's fine too. You'd have to depend on them to have the phone on, but most likely the way the world is, they would. Most likely. Yeah, good good chance that they would. Uh, so... Uh, I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing. If you uh, have an older vehicle that had some of these 3G systems and you wake up one morning this year, I don't quite know when the shutoff date is. What <laughs> you you have a 3G car, yeah. Um then I think uh, it's 2G. <laughs> it's 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 the those old radio the like the World War II radios <laughs> that you crank up <laughs> and say hello, it hello. Has, <laughs> it has tubes. <laughs> yeah well we'll we'll talk about that. that's one of the things uh we'll keep talking about uh on cruise control your on-air automotive magazine now here's a situation you heard about that uh, ship that is burning up and there's bentleys yeah. and uh, uh lamborghinis and porsches well we'll talk about what they're gonna do about that to replace cars that are no longer built anymore Plus, I'll have an at-the-wheel review of the Toyota Corolla hatchback. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Control. 
And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We're going to have an at-the-wheel review. Oh, wait a minute. No, not <laughs> not of this vehicle. Uh, I don't think so. This is the Lamborghini Aventador, and uh, they are only going to build the Ultima, Ultima, I guess it would be called. There are uh, 563 units of this going to be built Problem is, some of them which were built were on a ship called the Felicity Ace, uh, or Felicity Age, which has 4,000 vehicles from the Volkswagen Group. It's on fire and drifting, and probably all those vehicles were destroyed. The assembly line's been shut down. What happens? It's unclear. Automotive News spoke to Lamborghini of America, Andrea Baldi, who said they don't know what can be done about it. They really are trying to figure out, are any of these cars salvageable? And were any of the ultimate models burned up? But uh, interesting, interesting story there. Interesting situation for the folks at Volkswagen Group and Lamborghini, right? Yeah, uh, 4,000 high-end Porsches, Lamborghinis. Yeah. Uh, Bugatti. Yeah. Well, let's uh, do uh, sad. Let's do a, a something a little bit different, and let's talk about um, let's talk about a car that is with uh, a little bit more affordable. Uh, <laughs> and that that a is a little the, bit. That is the Toyota Corolla hatchback, Les Jackson. I had one of these, and uh, I have to say, it is a great vehicle. I think. Uh, let, let's start off. I don't normally start off with the price, but this one, $25,954 on the MSRP paperwork. Mm. Uh, Les is like, so what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. And it has basically everything in it. This is a two liter, four cylinder, six speed manual transmission car, manual transmission, three pedals, manual transmission. <laughs> Hmm. You can does also have one of those pedals to the left. Yes, it does. It, and uh, it also has something called uh, the IMT uh, drive mode, which is a button you push on the console, which will actually do rev matching and things like that all for you. Push of the button. Toyota cars, Toyota manual cars are really easy to drive. And uh, this is no exception. If you want to learn how to drive a manual, I'd say this Toyota Corolla would be great. But I was struck by the interior, how good it looks, and by the storage in the back. Great storage. Uh, you know, nicely finished for a $25,000 car. It had a two-tone paint uh, treatment. Blue Flame is that color. It's sort of, it, I have to say, it's sort of like a... Uh, a metallic version of Ford Grabber Blue. But the fact that they do a black roof and a body contrasting body color, I think makes this thing look great. They also put extra effort into the wheels where there's black paint to highlight the spokes and then and then brushed a brush look on the spoke wheels. It's it's inexpensive, but it doesn't look inexpensive. You know, it looks like there's a little bit more panache to this, right? Uh, it comes with a complete suite of Toyota Safety Sense 
uh, pre-collision system with pedestrian detection, dynamic radar, cruise control, lane departure alert with steering assist, automatic high beams, roadside assist, rear cross-traffic alert, backup camera, of course, smart key system with push-button start, and uh, the full safety star system. You think about this. This has got basically everything in it. This is the XSE model. This is the top of the range when it comes to these things. Um, automatic LED headlamps. So they don't throw in the cheap halogen uh, basic headlamps. It has an 8-inch touchscreen display. Uh, it has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. That's one thing that Toyota lagged behind, but now they've gotten with the program, and and it's like having a full navigation system on your 8-inch touchscreen, which kind of stands proud of the dash. The seats, while cloth with cloth inserts, don't look cheap. And there's buttons and knobs for everything. I love that. Thank you, Toyota, for doing that. Yes, uh, as I said, decent storage in the back. By the way, no spare. So I found that out. Not that I needed it, but I always look. No spare, but pretty good storage in the back. Um, I think this would make a great first car or second car, a commuter car for somebody. Uh, the mileage is great. I believe actually the um, I believe the uh, automatic has a little bit better mileage, but this got 36 uh, on the highway, 28 city, 31 uh, for the um, aggregate number. And it gets five stars all the way around, except for rollover. It gets four stars for that. But overall, vehicle st- score is five-star rated. Uh, how can you go wrong with one of these, Les? It's, it seems like it is, is a real good value. Um, and then the uh, automatic, uh, I believe it is a CVT, I'll have to check that, uh, is even faster on acceleration uh, than the manual. So I have to say, I, I, I was looking, I was hoping this one had the automatic because I had tried the manual uh, about a year and a half ago and I liked it. And I thought, well, I, I've heard good things about the uh, two-pedal car and I wanted to try it, but this one actually had happened to be a manual. You and I know we are two of the last automotive journalists that can drive a manual. So if there's a manual in the fleet, <laughs> that's, that's right. I had two manuals Very back few. to back, back to back. I had this and the Volkswagen GTI. Um, and I said, that is a first for, well, not a first, but a, from a long time ago, I, you know, this, I would, you wouldn't have got that. Uh, but two tone dash, uh, also it just, it just looks like they've elevated everything. It's not stodgy anymore. Uh, nice stitching on the seats, as I said, nice cloth inserts, um, and all for under $26,000. So it's a it's a real good deal. There's some talk that they may be um, refining this vehicle again in 2023, like a mid-cycle refresh. In Japan, they're going to go with a three-cylinder engine, that's the word, and a uh, kind of a plug-in hybrid system. But I don't know if that's coming to the U.S. or not. Two liter is actually a pretty big engine nowadays, isn't it? It is. Uh, so um, let's see what else we have. Uh, they have. They actually call it out enhanced cargo space, removes a spare tire to provide extra capacity in the cargo area. It's interesting. Uh, and our options, our only options were adaptive front headlights, $415, black roof, Spoiler and side mirrors, $500, and carpet mat package. So 
the whole price all in with a thousand dollar delivery, twenty five thousand nine fifty four. I wonder what these are actually selling for nowadays. Do you have to pay more? Uh, around the DC area, it's uh, typically for the lower price vehicles. It's a three thousand dollar markup. Wow. Now that hurts because in the old days you might get three thousand dollars off the price. Yeah, or a possible. couple of thousands. So you basically be down to you know, around twenty three or something like that. But it's a great car, and I have so many people when I have these in the driveway, they comment on they like the shape of it. It's a pleasing shape, as you can see. It was cold when I <laughs> some snow stuck in the grill there <laughs> uh, but uh cold weather winter testing real world at the at the wheel testing uh decent rear leg room in the back nicely equipped for an inexpensive car i like the hatchback of course you can get the corolla in a sedan as well i think i'd probably go with the hatchback though i, I kind of like i would that. too they're more versatile yeah uh, nicely put together vehicle though, the Toyota Corolla XSE. That is our at the wheel review for this week. We love to review them and uh, tell you all about them, drive them and tell you all about them. All right. Well, don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out the YouTube page. Time for me to say, I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.